This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away back. Go Gohei gets a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy end blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, A's fans, and welcome to another edition of A's Cast Live. We got to enjoy this. Because we're running out of time. Now, A's Cast, remember, we'll be here all off-season. We do A's Cast Live 1 to 4, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. And then we air it again after we get done from 4 to 7 and missed it. So we don't go away. We just don't do it Monday through Friday. It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And, yes, you'll be able to get it on athletics.com slash A's Cast. And you will be able to watch it on the A's YouTube channel. Watch it on Twitter, AthleticsCast24. We will have it all for you. You know, I'm not taking any shots at Shohei Otani. Obviously, this guy is doing something we've never seen before. I'm almost a little tired of saying it. It is truly incredible. But I'm starting to wonder... Like, when I'm looking at the numbers and what he needs to reach as of today, two more starts left, you know, what What kind of team does he need to be on to be somebody with – because I keep hearing he plays two different positions. Well, one position's DH. He didn't play in the field. He doesn't start over 30 times a year. He doesn't give you over 200 innings as a starter. So I kind of want to get into that. And what kind of team does he need to be on? Because you can't say, well, he needs to go to a big market and a big money team. He's on a big market, big money team. I mean, they spend huge loot in Anaheim. So we'll get into that today. And also something that I've noticed, and I don't know if there's a correlation to no September call-ups or very limited September call-ups. You'd be amazed at the amount of good teams who right now are limping to the finish line. Like literally going to like get to the line and absolutely fall over. And if you're not paying attention, yesterday we saw the Twins and the White Sox eliminated. Think about where they were not that long ago. And I can give you other teams that were at Philadelphia right now. Terrible. 
I can tell you what, we're going to talk to Carney Lansford, and I know that Tony LaRusso always wanted to finish strong, always wanted to have that headwind going into the postseason, always wanted that. And we've got teams that are going to be in the postseason, but they're crashing as they get in, and teams that have cr- crashed and burned and they're out. You know, back to the hottest story, Aaron Judge. I'll get to Tony Kemp a little later. I think we need to highlight Tony Kemp. There's some really cool numbers on Tony Kemp. But back to Aaron Judge. I think if we seriously, we went out and polled people right now. I don't think Bonds comes out a winner on this one. I just don't. I don't, Even with Giant fans. Now, some Giant fans are going to stick to their guns. Get it. But I told you, once this thing happens, the whole scab is going to get ripped off. Because the only time Bonds has ever addressed it is really when he had to testify in front of a federal grand jury. And he put his hand on the Bible. Do you, Barry Lamar Bonds, swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? And we got the whole leaked testimony from the San Francisco Chronicle. He admitted to doing the clear and the cream and being a Balco guy and admitted to doing what Balco was giving him. And then there's the whole reports that he was doing stuff before Balco that was in the game of shadows that he said he was going to challenge. And then he never did. Now people go, we don't know who was doing it. Were the pitchers doing it? Where? I mean, you can look at it any way you want. Wrong is wrong. And baseball didn't address it. Baseball didn't want to deal with it. Baseball wanted to just let time heal. And Bud Selig, being commissioner, knew that at some point his time would be done and he's gone and he's not going to have to deal with it. So when the next guy does something like this, he won't be around. So what happens? Bud Selig gets into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Bud Selig moves on. He's retired. And now it's Manfred's job to deal with it. And now Manfred has been a Bud Seeley guy and they don't, eh, they want to touch it. And then you have this just really strange era of baseball that once again, I won't be alive to be right. I won't be able to say, I told you so, but I want all of these guys who are dying on this record book can't change it, can't right the wrong, all these guys who are dying on this hill for some reason, when the majority of people don't give a crap, I don't know why they give a crap. I don't know why it means so much to them. I have, and, 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 and the guys that I've heard do it, some of them are friends of mine, they're not even Bay Area people. They're not Bonds people, they're not Bay Area people. So I don't even know why they're standing on this hill. It makes no sense. It's like, don't you have other things that are more important in your life than this? You're getting angry about this? People have literally gotten angry and they're getting huffy and puffy. It's like, why? But we're going to look back, historians, and our era, we're going to look like buffoons. Historians will look back and go, how dumb were these people? They're really going to look back and they're going to read the evidence and they're going to go, wait a minute. He had a guy who Mark McGuire testified to, he didn't testify, he did an interview with, you know, with all the denials, and we love Mark. We've had Mark on the program. Mark talked about how people to this day still thank him for saving baseball. We just saw him with Stu's event. Awesome. 
But Mark McGuire talked to Bob Costas. Finally, cat, cat was out of the bag. We already knew the truth, but we got the truth, and it allowed Mark to get back into baseball and be a great hitting coach, which hopefully I hope he gets back into baseball again as his kids get older and they're very successful right now playing, so he's there for his kids right now. And then Barry testified in front of the federal grand jury. All that's going to be known years from now. Then you're going to see, wait a minute. How is Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Rafael Palmero, some of the greatest talents to have ever played the game are not in the Baseball Hall of Fame? I mean, this, this era, which has now been a couple decades, is literally going to look ridiculous like a three-ring circus. It really is how this judge thing has been handled. How P- I just, it's like you got Roger Maris's son saying, Hey, here, let's play right. We, we got Roger Maris's son. He talked after this game as he can finally get off the trail now, as his father has been tied. Aaron Judge has tied the record. We've been waiting for it, been kind of paralyzing our sport. I'm so happy for Aaron Judge. I'm glad he did it. I'm glad he did it clean, best we know of, because he gets tested. Let's hear from Roger Maris's son. I think it means a lot in this, not just, not just for me. I think it means a lot for a lot of people, you know, that uh, he's clean. He's a Yankee. He plays the game the right way. And, uh, you know, I think it gives people a chance to look at somebody who, uh, you know, should be revered for hitting 62 home runs and not just as a, a guy who did it in the American League. He should be revered for, you know, being the actual single-season home run champ. I mean, that's really who he is if he hits 62, and uh, and I think that's what needs to happen. I think baseball needs to look at the records, and I think baseball should do something. That's Roger Maris's uh, son, Roger Maris Jr. Powerful. Now, I don't know why anybody would go against that. I don't. It's common sense, right? I mean, if you if you want to die on this hill about these record books where I've made fun of it, where I'm like, Moses came down with the Ten Commandments on fire and behind it was the baseball record books and it cannot be changed. It's in stone forever. I don't get it. And it's almost like if anybody's going to, like, come back at me on this, I'm going to just be like, so you're basically condoning drug use. Yes or no? Those guys did it with illegal drugs. Those weren't, those weren't drugs that were given by a, by a physician that said, hey, you got a cough. Here, let me write this and take this to the pharmacy. The things they were taking were not, you weren't allowed to legally have in your possession. We, we do not allow athletes to take that. We test against that. No, you can't change it. I don't know. The Olympics has taken away gold medals. Is that fact or fiction? The NCAA has taken away national championships. Reggie Bush doesn't have his Heisman anymore. Now, I'm not saying that all these things are about performance-enhancing drugs, but there's been other governing bodies who have made tough decisions before. Ben Johnson was the fastest man on the planet. 
the Canadian, beat Carl Lewis. Saw it with my own eyes. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. Tested positive. They took his gold medal away. It's been going on for years in other sports. I mean, whether you want to have an asterisk, not have an asterisk, I don't think that really matters. Because I think the, the reality is, I don't think most people care. I'm going to ask you, Karate Kid, Ray, how old are you? Uh, 29. Does it really, does Bonds' 73 really matter to you at all? Not really. I can't really say it does. So, for for my generation watching baseball, Aaron Judge is the best home run hitter I've ever seen in my time as a fan. So I'd be totally fine with him taking the lead in those record books. And is it weird that you have these older men who are just like huffy and puffy about this can't be happening, this is the record books and this happened? I mean, is it, is it weird? As someone your age, is it weird to see guys do that? A little bit, but I can understand where they're coming from. If, if I was in their shoes and, and watched it happen, I feel like in a way it could – see as like invalidating like no those those home runs were real they happened whether they were under what influence or not with steroids or otherwise so I don't think it I think it in a way it does taint it but I don't think it taints it generationally if that makes sense like for me it doesn't make a difference but I know for other older generations who grew up watching bonds and those historic home runs it's I'm sure it can be damaging and kind of invalidate what they saw as history well it's so weird too because it depends on the guy, right? Like, Sammy Sosa was loved, but now the the Cubs want nothing to do with him. He's the only guy to hit 63 times. And the Chicago Cubs literally want nothing to do with him. To where Bonds is the biggest jerk of them all, but they've brought him back. They're celebrating him. It's so The whole thing, McGuire? McGuire came back as a coach. But now, still, even to this day, he's out of the game. Sammy's completely out of the game. Roger Clemens is completely out of the game. It's just like this whole thing is just, it's just bizarre. And it's a circus. And it's wrong. And it's just, no one has handled it correctly. And because you haven't handled it correctly and you just wanted it to go away, unfortunately, these things don't go away. Sometimes you got to make tough decisions and have answers and you got to run your business the right way. And just by going, Hey, it happened uh, sweep it under the rug and hopefully we never have to do it again. It's come right back and wham. Now, uh, it wouldn't have come back and just hit you in the face. If it was a Kansas city Royal doing it, if it was a Miami Marlin doing it, it's the fact that it's a Yankee. And it's a Yankee record. And it's an American League record. And then now he's gotten, because I think, I yeah, I got to think now that pressure's off. He starts hitting them again, right? We saw that with those guys back in the day. Once you get to the milestone, and you can breathe a little bit. And I think for the Yankee team, too. Look out for the Yankees the next couple of days. I mean, we, we can't gamble on baseball. If you want to gamble on baseball, you might want to put money on the on the Bombers the next couple of days because they might just all be just so relieved. Like, my man, he got it. Ugh, now we can just go play baseball again. And they just start, I don't know who the, oh, you know what? Yeah. It's either this weekend or they end with Texas. Down in Texas. 
So you want to take pressure off, and you're in Arlington, and you're away from the circus, you're away from the Northeast? Yeah. You may want to look at the Yankees uh, pounding the Rangers for a couple days and Aaron Judge going yard. I'm happy for him, though. However you want to look at it, um, I'm happy. I think I, I think it's an unbelievable accom- accomplishment. We're seeing arguably the greatest year that we've ever seen. There's like a Stan Musial year that compares when you basically lead in every single category. Yeah, it's just it's not, huge. Just not just not the you know it's just not triple crown. I mean, you're leading in everything. You're leading in everything. But I think one like, standpoint we can hear from is the Angels' standpoint, and we have Sam Blum on standby who's able to talk about another guy who could have a shot at maybe an MVP. But we'll save that to be for you too, Tony. I'm, I'm I have Sam Blum ready for you. Sam from the Athletics. Sam, how are you? Welcome to A's Cast Live. It looks like you're there at the Big A right now. Yes, that's where I am. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. You know, we were just talking about Aaron Judge, and now that he's done it, I've talked about it, you know, being up here and having covered bonds and covered that whole deal. I said that you wait till the New York media when Aaron Judge finally does it, and now the New York media is going to get into it. And we're going to see how the San Francisco media, who's basically never really wanted to deal with it, uh, now that's going to be, hey, Bonds hit 73, but he was dirty. We all know it. He testified in front of a federal grand jury about it. Let the games begin now with the New York media, especially when he hits 62. Uh, I don't know what age you are, but I think there is – you know, different decades of fans. I think a lot of younger fans, they look at Bonds in 73 in that era and they really don't care all that much. Where do you stand on it? I mean, I, I think the record 73, uh, you know, that's the record. That's what I mean. You, like you said, it's obviously, a, you know, a tainted record to some extent, but I mean, it's the record. And, and I, I also think that this whole, I mean, ju- what Judge is doing this year is very, very uh, impressive. I mean, it's historic in a lot of ways, but it's also, uh, I think, <laughs> getting a little bit overblown. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's, I don't know, I don't necessarily understand the live cut-ins as if this is a, you know, major national event, but it's really cool. What he's having a historic season. There's certainly nothing to take away from him, but, uh, you know, I look at it like Barry Bonds, uh, you know, obviously has the, the 73 home runs and that's the record. Uh, and, uh, I guess Aaron Judge is about 12 away from that now. See, that's where I said the new, what's the New York thing? If this was happening in Kansas city or Miami, we're not even having this discussion. It's what you bring. Once you bring New York into it, it changes the whole deal. I do, and I'm a native New Yorker, so I, I can uh, can understand both sides of it. I agree uh, that new, the New York aspect of this has made as as made this a little bit more of a deal than maybe it would be otherwise. And it's going to be interesting to see kind of how uh, you know the, the rest of the season plays out. And obviously, you know, the MVP vote is going to be interesting. And uh, you know, I'm sure Judge will will probably do pretty well in that. But we'll see. You know. It's a, it, yeah, it's, it's going to be how does it turn out, you know, because yeah. you got what Otani did last year and then what he's doing this year. But then all of a sudden, you know, Judge is having a year where he's basically leading in every category. It's like something that Stan Musial basically did back in the day, but nobody else has ever done it. Um, you're around Otani. You're around this from the other perspective every single day. Just if you had to handicap it, how do you think the vote will work out? Well, it's, I actually have a vote this year, so I can't give too much away about in terms of like who I think should win or will win. But, um, you know, the way I see, you know, Tani season, you know, separate from Judge, really, I just think he's he's having an, a better year than he did last year. And obviously last year, I think people would say it was one of the best seasons of all time. 
Um, you know, you look at the way Otani's pitched, and he's pitching tonight against the A's, uh, and he's been pretty electric on the mound. He's, he's certainly, if he had more innings and if he was someone that could go every five days, I think he'd be in the Cy Young conversation maybe more than he is now. And I think he'll get votes in that, you know, regardless this year. Um, but, you know, his season, it gets overlooked by the humiliation of, of the way the Angels play. I mean, they're not a good team, right? They're, they're terrible. Um, you know, they played a little bit better over the last few weeks, but it's, it's, it's sad that they have a guy like Shohei Otani doing what he's doing and they lose this much, but I don't think it takes away from the year he's had. Uh, and I certainly don't think that, you know, he should be punished for the way his teammates have played, you know, um, and the way that the organization is kind of built around him. But, you know, he, his year and, in, in, you know, separate from everything else is uh, spectacular. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's it's absolutely incredible, and we've got to see it as much as anybody, the Oakland A's. But I do have to talk about the two guys, and we do yeah. have to separate. We still have to look at it. My only thing, and it's and whenever you say anything bad about Otani or critique t- Otani, you look like a jackass. I understand that. I'm aware, yeah. <laughs> I have, yeah, exactly. You know better than anybody. But like you just said, if he had enough innings, if he had enough this, if he played defense, that would be my only problem because, you know, for years people have hammered it into me that a pitcher should never be the MVP, and they've hammered into me that a DH should never be the MVP. So if we start looking at volume, I can make a case that there's hundreds of innings that Otani never plays in. He's sitting on the bench chewing sunflower seeds and drinking Gatorade. He's not going to make 30 starts. He's not going to have 200 innings. So the volume just when, when we when you say he's taking up two spots, he's one guy doing two spots. Yes, amazing. You just wish there was more volume in all of that. Like if he played defense, my God, what this guy would be. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. I also think that the volume that he brings is absurd. I mean, it's, it's the way that the amount that he contributes to the Angels is, you know, unparalleled. So I think what any person contributes to their team. Um, but I see what you're I mean, I see the point you're making. Obviously, you're right. He doesn't play. He doesn't play in the field. He did a little bit last year. Uh, never got a ball hit to him, though. Um, <laughs> and, uh, the baseball he, guy. Yeah, he got, he got, I like everyone was hoping he would, but, um, yeah. you know, you're right. Like he's, he, he, they do have a six man rotation here and, and that's because of him. Um, but at the same time, I mean, the volume that he brings, he's been healthy this whole season. He's, you know, he, he really plays every single day. I mean, the days that he takes off are, are so rare and they're usually not his, his choice. So he plays pretty much every day. He's he's available in a way that I don't think many players are, or certainly nobody else on the Angels is. Um, and and I think that that's that is you know contributing as much as anybody could possibly ask of him uh, to to ask him to play defense. You know I think that it would be uh, you know un, it would be kind of a disservice to the, the the physical toll that it takes even on someone like him to uh you know to get through 162 game season i mean you when you pitch and, and to play the next day i mean that takes a lot out of you i don't think many guys who pitch would say that they're capable of doing that so you know his, his physicality is absurd um, i i agree that it's difficult to uh to be critical of him um and there are certain areas where i would be uh just but it's it's uh what i, I don't think volume is one that i would necessarily put a criticism on him for i mean that's what I'm saying for both of us. We look like jackasses, essentially, yeah. if you do it. But, you know, th- this is the truth because I- I've thought about this, and, and, you know, we've been talking about it on this show and on my postgame show. When I think about what is the best scenario for Otani, like right now, 
he's on a team because normally people would say, "Ah, oh, you got to be on a team that spend money, spends money." Well, obviously the Angels spend a lot of money. He is the guy. He and Trout are the guys. The question is, does he need to be on the team where he's not the guy, where he's more of a fit-in guy and he has all these guys around him because he's got to pitch every six days, not every five days, because he's not going to play in the field. I mean, you're lucky he's gotten this many at-bats. This might be the most at-bat you'll ever see from him in a season, especially as he heads into his 30s. So what kind of team does he have to be on for his talents to truly be on that great winning team because him being the ultimate guy, is that going to work? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think he'll be the ultimate guy wherever he goes. I just, I do. I think his talent is, you know, seeing him play every day is, you know, he's, 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 he is an MVP player. I mean, whether, I guess if he was on the Yankees, maybe there would be an interesting debate. Uh, but no, I mean, I think what he wants, I mean, if you, when you ask him, he doesn't come out right and say it, but, you know, I don't necessarily believe that his future is with the Angels because they're just not, they don't put him in a position to win. Uh, to win games. I mean, we'll see. I mean, that's just my own, you know, analysis of the situation. That's not, you know, based off of uh, him saying that. Uh, but he, we have asked him if he's happy here, and, and the answer isn't always a, a yes, right? The answer is yes, but I want to win. Or yes, but my whip prior, my priority is to win. And that doesn't happen with the Angels. And they didn't – you're right, they spend money here, but they don't spend it in the right in the right ways. Um, and the reality is he's going to make a lot of money in arbitration this offseason. You know, he's obviously under contract with the Angels. And so if, if he's making 30, 35 million dollars next year, that's going to, you know, that's about seven times what he's making this year. Um, it's going to be tough to even build around him. I mean, they, they already can't do it right They're They're in the ownership situation it is going to complicate everything uh, in terms of what their payroll might be and how they're going to spend. Um, so, I, I mean, yeah, I think that if he's on a better team, you're right. Maybe he's not as, uh, you know, relied upon. I mean, there was a stretch here for a full month where they did not win games outside of when he started. Uh, and, and that's just the way this, the season's gone, right? There have been like eight games this year where uh, Otani and Trout have like combined for like at least two homers and they lost, you know? So it's just, it's, it's a tungsten armo Doyle season for anyone that gets the reference. Uh, and, you know, it's, uh, I think if you were to go to another team, I mean, it, it would just be fun for baseball fans to see him compete in a playoff game uh, and see him do this on, on the, on a, on a stage where he's, you know, playing for something really meaningful. Uh, it doesn't mean I think he'll be more of a secondary guy on that team. I think he would be the best player on pretty much any team that he's on. Uh, but I, you know, to, to do what he's doing here, it's, it's almost kind of like depressing to some extent because you just know that it's a, uh, it could be done it for higher stakes someplace else maybe, but you know, obviously he's a, He's really popular with Angels fans. I think he's got comfortability here. Uh, I think that that you can't take that for granted. You know, they've they've put him in a position where he can do what he wants to do when he wants to do it, and that's really helped him. But yeah, I mean, obviously they're not winning games. Well, I you know, I to me it's crazy to let him go. The amount of money he makes for the franchise with the Japanese companies and, and all the merch and everything that they sell, it, it's unbelievable. He's a gold mine. There's no question about it. If I own the team and if I was selling to selling the team and I was the guy who was buying the team, I don't want him going anywhere because he is definitely a cash cow. But cash cow. But that gets to the overall question. It's kind of the same thing with the A's, right? When you start looking at the A's and you start looking around, I'm sure you're looking at our lineup and you're looking at our players and you're going, Who? man, I don't see how they, <laughs> yeah, I don't see how they turn this around anytime soon. I mean, it's kind of the same thing with the angels. I mean, do you see like any hope in the next few years with what you've seen in the minor league uh, system and what you got there now? 
I think the hope is is an ownership change. Uh, you know, I, that's that's where I think people's optimism will, will come from because an ownership change will change a lot. I mean, the whole priority of this organization will change, and, and then who knows the payroll? I imagine will be will be higher. I mean, I know they spend, but they don't spend to the level of the Dodgers, the Mets, and the Yankees. And I think that's where the Angels should be probably spending the market that they're in. I mean, Orange County is not Los Angeles, but it's it's pretty much. I mean, the what this team will sell for is probably going to be mid to you know two two point five billion. I mean, there there should be a really this should be a even higher payroll in my opinion. So to that extent, I think that there is hope. Uh, I think if things stayed status quo, you know, I'd be a lot less optimistic about their future. Their their farm system is is improving. Um, there are good young players that can come up and contribute. I mean, they just debuted Logan O'Hoppy last night, and I think he'll be a good player. But is there the infrastructure to really win right now or in the next year? No, I don't think there is. Uh, I mean, I think that they we saw that this season. They thought they would win this year, but then Anthony Rendon gets hurt, and they have to try out like eight different guys at third base. Uh, you know, so it's just what are you supposed to do? I mean, that's just it's just not a formula to to win. The depth here is not good enough. Um, but with an ownership change and with you know, possibly Perry getting some runway to maybe develop a farm system. I think that there is, you know, uh, optimism to be had. But, uh, you know, until that happens, I, I'm going to remain skeptical. You know, something that, unless you really are following, like, the, you know, Orange County, Register News, I don't know how much you guys have done it on The Athletic. I've only just seen snippets of it, but it seems like it's been a dumpster fire, what's going on with trying to get a new stadium there and politics, and I know – some big name down there got arrested. Where are we with the Angels trying to get a new stadium? Yeah, I think it's gonna. It, it's in limbo until there's an ownership, new ownership. Um, you know, and this might take years really to get to get more of a concrete answer. Uh, really, what happened obviously in May was the stadium deal fell through because of a scandal involving the Anaheim mayor and uh, you know basically uh, solicited campaign donations in exchange for you know a better deal or allegedly I should say you know soliciting campaign donations for you know a better uh, a better deal in the stadium and, and there are laws in california obviously about doing public uh you know work in public view so that so some you know things were you know maybe not done by the book allegedly so um the 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 anaheim city council decided to nix the deal and the angels like a day or two later basically agreed that it was it was they're not going to pursue any sort of like legal action on that front so you know they, they have a lease until uh you know i believe it's uh, they have at least that they can extend until I think 2038. So, but they can get out of it as soon as uh, 2029. So, I mean, you know, I think it'll be a couple of years before we really have concrete information on, on if they're going to, you know, renew that lease or if they're going to build around the stadium, if they're going to try to renegotiate a land deal, if there's going to be a new owner comes in and, and really tries to, uh, you know, uh, build the area around here, which is what I think already was trying to do. Um, but that, that those answers aren't here right now, uh, and they probably won't be until there's a new owner, maybe even beyond that. So you're saying it's complicated? Yeah, no, sorry, that, yeah, I, but it's compli- <laughs> it's complicated up there too, right? So it's <laughs> and we're dealing with the same thing up here. It's yeah. complicated building yes. in California, and I remember there was something illegally done. Somebody got arrested. I was reading this a while ago, so it's like I knew there was something that uh, was yeah. on the up and up and wasn't good. You mentioned. So, so you think Otani will not finish his career or will not play the bulk of his prime in Anaheim? I mean, I would argue his prime is is what we've seen the last two seasons. I mean, I That's don't know, true. you yeah. know, and you get you get through to thir- after thirty. I mean, 
it's it's tough to imagine somebody doing both at this this type of level. Um, but you know, I mean, listen, I, I think anything can happen. I think the new again, a new owner will you know it could change things. Uh, a new owner can make Otani more confident in the the product of this uh, you know the Angels long term, and he, a new owner could you know maybe be willing to pay him more. Um, and elevate payroll and build a team around him, which I think are all important aspects. But, you know, I mean, it's just every time you ask Otani about whether he wants to stay or go is his answer is always like, well, I like it here, but it's not up to me. And, you know, it's never, it's never a full throated, uh, you know, you know, support and excitement about the situation, which, you know, I don't think anyone would be right. I mean, you come here, you want to win and you don't do that. Right. And it's, it's, it's tough. He's, he said the losing is tough on him. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's his priority is to win games. I don't blame him. I think it should be the priority. So, um, you know, I think the best thing the best thing the Angels have going for them is an ownership change and the fact that he's developed a comfortability here where he plays well at home and the fans like him. And, you know, he's he's got this autonomy to kind of practice and train and do things as he wants to do them, which should not be taken for granted. But, you know, I, I just believe that his priority is winning. And as long as the angels aren't doing that, it's going to put them in jeopardy of losing. You think trout stays long-term? Well, he's, he's certainly under contract to do so. I mean, he's going to be here through basically the end of the, you know, the decade. So, uh, I know he's know, got the long-term deal, but it doesn't mean he can't get out, you know, yeah, seen guys you know, move. Uh, you know, I think it would be tough to move him just because, you know, some of the injury, I mean, and it's, you know, he's had a, he's had a fantastic year really, but, uh, he's got some injury bugs. Like obviously, he missed a lot of last season. He missed a, the back injury this year. Um, he's getting paid, you know, over, upward of thirty-five million dollars a year. Uh, so, and he's going to be older, right? He's going to be—he's already thirty-one. So he's going to be thirty-two next year, and you know that this contract is going to run deep into his thirties. So, uh, at this point, I mean, it, a trade would probably be difficult to kind of figure out exactly how to, you know, negotiate that and. At this point, you know his 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 time with the uh, the Angels, I think, is you know they signed him to be a franchise guy, and I think that's you know where both sides are right now. But you know if if, if it gets to the point where he was like, I, I gotta win, I gotta win. You never you never know, I guess. But uh, I have a hard time seeing how a scenario in which he he leaves. Well, the A's, we need him out of the division because he now has forty <laughs> home runs career against us, a hundred and two RBIs. We're gonna get to a point. That he's got the most home runs against the Oakland A's all time. Now he's never going to catch Babe Ruth, who's got 108 against the Philadelphia A's. He'll have the franchise, but Trout, my God! Um, and, and you're right, he's missed what 42 games. You look at his numbers; he's missed 42 games. He's got 38 homers. Yeah. yeah, he would be. Well, I mean, I, God, he might have 50 homers if it wasn't for that. For that, you know, he'd be pushing it. Well, I, this is something I thought of last night, and, and I don't know if you you have this answer, but has anybody ever missed 40 or more games and then hit more home runs than missed games? Because he could trout at some point could hit over 42, and all of a sudden he's got more home runs than missed games. That's a good – I don't know the answer to that off the top. I could probably find out, but that's a, that's a good question because, I mean, it's really tough to hit 40 home runs. I mean, I think the Angels' record is like 48 maybe. I mean, it's not – it's – you know, he, he would probably be in position to, to break the Angels record if it wasn't for the injury. But you're right. I mean, the fact that he's he missed it and then not only did he miss it, I think there was a lot of concern that he might not come back this year. And not yeah. only is it not only has he come back, he's hit 10 home runs this month. Uh, and, and I mean, his month, I mean, he had a stretch of seven straight games where he had a home. So he's been dominating. Um, and, and the Angels have put a lot better over the last month. And, and it's because he's back. I mean, just plain and simple. 
they, they had a really, really, really tough time in June and July because I think he was dealing with this. He was still active, but he was dealing with this back injury. Uh, and he was he was going on horrible slumps where he was swinging and missing and striking out a ton. And I think, you know, that it's crazy to, to – I mean, you look at Mike Trout's underlying numbers this year. He's hit a lot more fly balls. He's become really, a, you know, more of a power hitter. But his OPS is still high. He's had, a, he's had an interesting year. It's an anomalous year for Mike Trout, even if the numbers kind of look similar. Well, I'll tell you what, he's still going to have three. He's got today against the A's. Then he's got three more to end the season. He could hit more than 42. And then just think about it. I just helped you write an article. Now That's you got good, an article there for the story end of the idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, great stuff. We'll see, yeah. we'll see you up here in Oakland next week. Uh, oh, yes. Yes, we will. Great stuff, awesome. my man. Thank you so Thank much you. for the time. Enjoy tonight. All right. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Take care. Yeah, talking a little Angels baseball as – that is, I, I brought that up. If anybody was listening last night uh, in the postgame show, I brought that up. I'm like, you know, you guys realize he could hit more. He's missed 42 games. He could hit more home runs. He's at 38. Are you going to be shocked if he goes deep tonight? No, that's 39. All he needs is one or two over the weekend, and then he's got Oakland for three games, and you know how he hits at the Coliseum. Ball flies out. He could have more home runs than missed games, and he's missed more than 40 games. That will be one of the greatest feats. And I said it last night. I'll say it again. I'm not going to research it. I hope Sam does. But I doubt that's ever happened. I doubt there's ever been a human being who's played this game. There's been over 20,000 guys who missed 40 or more games and still hit more home runs than, than he missed, than games missed. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I'd bet on it. I may lose. Would you bet with me or against me, Ray? I would bet with you. It's it's it tells you how good Trout really has been. It's one of those stats too that I don't think a lot of people think of because when you when you miss that many games, people just I think the expectations are low, and when Trout comes back or when he came back, we all knew he was going to be Mike Trout. And with the back issues that are now going to be with him with his entire career, I think there's a lot of question marks. Sam said it best when there was concern he might miss the whole season. But, yeah, he's on fire this month. And I think it's a stat that I, I just did a quick Google search on, and it's not it's not a well-looked-up stat, but it's, it's one that should be continuing the stretch that uh, Trout is on. I, I think it's fascinating. And just to wrap up the, the judge thing, you know – the home run record should be in all of American sports just this incredibly celebrated special record because that's what it was. I think everybody, no matter how you feel, now Judge still has to hit another one, but no matter how this thing shakes out, it's sad. I think that's the one thing everybody can agree on. I think this whole thing, it never got dealt with. It's lingered, and we have to deal with it every year, and it's sad. You know what? I grew up a big Roger Clemens fan. I wore number 21 in college because of Roger Clemens. I think it's sad that Roger Clemens is not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds is the greatest player I've ever seen. No one's like Barry, and he's not in the Hall of Fame, and it's sad. And Mark McGuire was a great player. I remember watching Mark McGuire in the Olympics in 84. Mark McGuire, my entire life, great power hitter, 
When I first got into this business, I got to cover him. Sad. Sammy Sosa. I mean, everybody's going to remember Sammy Sosa running out to right field with the American flag at Wrigley Field. It was a special moment. Sammy Sosa. Sad. Rafael Palmero. I remember watching Rafael Palmero with uh, with Will Clark and Bobby Thigpen and the Cowboy, Jeff Brantley, Mississippi State on ESPN when I was in high school. I remember watching that. So he always followed Rafael Palmero's career. Sad. This sad thing about home runs and steroids has never left us. That's sad. I think that's something we all can agree on. No matter what number, what player, how you want to view it, this should be some. Because I don't know what number in sports, team sports, is bigger than the home run record. It's not the touchdown record in football. Like, football doesn't have that mark. What's what's the, it's not, what, what bat, basketball, maybe 100 points in a game? I, I guess that, ever since they tainted and made it sad, the home run record, I guess Wilt Chamberlain's 100 is the one thing that you stand there and go, damn. You know, and Kobe at 80, you're like, wow. Could a guy get 100 again now that there's a three-point line? I guess that'd be the number. It's not goals. It's nothing in hockey. It's nothing in football. I mean, baseball was that number, 61. Could anybody get there? And now it's just, eh. That's the sad part. Whether you want to stick with Bonds or you want the new thing with, 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 uh, with Aaron Judge, the home run mark has been diminished. And it's not as big a deal anymore. You heard what Sam just said. He thought it was ridiculous that they were breaking away to even to even see it. It's now just like, this is something that should be great, but it's not. And it's been over 20 years now of this. And we have to deal with it every single year that it's all, are they, are they going to get the 75% for the Hall of Fame? How about this year? You literally have a museum that's not run by Major League Baseball. All right? This is not baseball trying to keep people out. This is a museum independent of Major League Baseball that tells you the history of the game. That doesn't have the guy that's got the most hits. That doesn't have the most MVPs. Doesn't have the most Cy Young Awards. And a bunch of guys that if you want to keep all their stats without asterisks, without anything and say they did it and keep it, well, then how bad does that even look that they're not in the Hall of Fame? The whole thing is sad. Decades of just, I don't, you know what? I don't know how to deal with it. Like, I don't, like, if I was commissioner, I would really have to sit down and weigh in pros and cons. But that's why you make millions of dollars being the commissioner, right? When Roger Goodell has to make tough calls in the NFL, well, that's why he's making $44 million a year to be the commissioner, to make the tough calls, to settle down some of the owners and then enforce Tom Brady's flattened footballs and Bill Belichick's cameras spying on people. Sometimes you got to make tough calls. But the fact that 
you went same old, same old has led to this this timeline, right? We could look at a timeline from when these home runs are hit to PEDs to scandals to Game of Shadows. Like, you can just look at this timeline. Oh, boy, they've now retired. Oh, did Bonds get blackballed out of the game? Oh, boy, McGuire's got to talk to Bob Costas so he can work for Tony LaRusse in St. Louis. You can just look at this timeline, and then, oh, now they can be voted for the Hall of Fame, and no one's voting for them. Some people are. Some people aren't. This has just not gone away. And this is really sad to say. As long as they're alive, we're going to deal with it. As long as they're alive. So you could have multiple commissioners, and I hope they live long lives. But as long as they're alive, this is still going to, we're going to deal with this. So it goes from a decade to two decades to three decades. And then all of a sudden, you know, what? what is it going to be like when they're old men? They're real old men. Are we then going to get a softer heart for it? I don't know. The one thing we all can agree on. It's sad. It's flat out sad. All right, coming up next, I noticed this trend in baseball. I just don't know if it happens all the time. haven't really thought about it. I just know what's going on now, like looking at my notes. You'd be amazed what's happening to some of the better teams in baseball here in September. We'll talk about it next right here on A's Cast Live. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. All righty, we got A's baseball coming your way in just a little bit. We'll have A's total access and then we'll head down to the big A. Who do I have today? I think I have Ken Korak today. We'll get us started. I wanted to mention, what time do I got to get out of here, Ray? Uh, We'll be live at 538 with the pregame, so a little before that, 530. We'll be out of here. Okay. I wanted to mention Tony Kemp today. Before I get to these teams that are just crumbling in front of our eyes, I wanted to highlight, because, you know, it's at that time of the year, right? We're at the end. We should recognize some guys in a really, really rough year at 56 and 99. 
you know, the A's are next victory. Obviously, they join the 100 loss club just the second time since 1979. And I could ask a lot of you out there, where were you in 1979? A lot of you weren't born. I was. I was a little kid. That year, they went 54 and 108. 100 losses is a lot of losses. Man, that that that's what makes our sport great, right? Is that it exposes everybody. We've even taken shots at Shohei Otani today. <laughs> that you can do that when a sport where you play six months. I mean, no one's perfect. No team is perfect. And really, it just six months exposes you when you play every day. I mean, it exposes all of us. Is every show that I do great? No. Ray's complained about a handful of shows that I've done this year. I mean, it's like, I, you know, you know what it's like to do this for 16, 17 straight days? When you got to do a talk show, then you got to do a pregame show, then you got to do a postgame show. Man, you run out of stuff to say. It's every day. Why do you think most talk show hosts are on Monday through Friday? Because if they're on Saturday and Sunday too, they're just saying the same. You need a break. In baseball, we don't get a break. We go 12 straight days, 15, 17. I think, what do we twice go 17 or 16 straight days? It's just, it's nuts. Some of these days I've done TV pre and post also to go along with all of this. I mean, at some point you're like, I don't know what I said on which show. And I hate, I don't want to sound like I'm just repeating myself constantly. It's tough. And for players every day and they're flying and it's hotels, you start forgetting what room you're in. And it's just, it's a long ass season. So I want to highlight Tony Kemp. Tony Kemp, as of right now, has played in a career-high 141 games. Don't look at the overall numbers. Look at this. Since the All-Star break, Tony Kemp is hitting 279. In today's world, that's really good. 12 doubles, two triples, five home runs. I mean, that's pretty darn good since the All-Star break. And also remember this. He plays all over the joint. 67 starts at second base. 56 starts in left field. Two at DH. Think about that versatility. How many times that is in the infield? How many times that in the outfield? And oh, by the way, he's got a 61-game errorless streak. And he's been nominated for the Roberto Clemente Award. Uh, I mean, you just can't say enough about the season and the job that Tony Kemp has done for the athletics this year. And I just wanted to highlight that. I don't know how many people know uh, that he's been doing that this season, but I think it's really cool and that we should we should – Celebrate some of the positives because there are some positives and, and Tony Kemp's one. He's great people off the field. He's great people on the field. I don't know what his career is going forward with the athletics. I just know in a year like this and a sport that needs versatility and he's got a chance to play every single day, 
His September is really hot. He's got really good September numbers. And he's done a lot of it, mostly of it, from the leadoff spot. You can't tell me there's not a team out there that goes, and whether it's the A's, obviously, or the 29 other teams. Tony Kemp is the type of player, speed, all 30 teams could use. Now, great skill to have because it keeps you employed. It keeps getting you those checks. Tony Kemp could really fit on any roster in Major League Baseball and definitely wanted to highlight that. I noticed, you know, before this show, going through the notes for some of today's game is, uh, games, as today is Thursday, and it is not a packed schedule. I did read this today in some of the notes. The A's, as a team, have a 217 batting average. Just how bad is that? Go ahead, Ray. Ask the question. How bad is it, Tony? The only club in the live ball era since 1920 to have a batting average below 217 is the 1968 Yankees at 214. Now, this doesn't count also what happened in the uh, pandemic season of 2020. One team? Now, I don't know how far the A's can go in the next, well, we got six games left? No, no. Seven. Seven games. I don't know how, I mean, that's a lot. You got to, you got to get a lot. You got to, you got to get not a whole lot of hits to drop from 217 to 214. I'm assuming that's a lot of at bats do the math, but what does that say to you, Ray? 217, the second worst since 1920. I want to say I'm not surprised. This offense has, has, has not been good. That's, that's the, the short of it. And now the pitching's been struggling a little bit in September, we know. But focusing more on the hitting, it's just it has not been consistent, and at least not in the good way. It's been consistently bad. And I, but I think there's hope for the future. We talked about it with David Forrest yesterday. There's a lot of guys doing well in the minor leagues and the AAA right now as they just wrapped up their season with the Aviators. That next season should be getting some shots at joining the major league club when we open up next March. Yes. I agree, and I was thinking about that last night when I couldn't sleep after I got off the show, and I'm like, you know, if I started putting, and I'm going to save this, like, what would make me interested? We could do a segment on what would make me interested. And as long as Sean Murphy's here, Murphy's catching, and then I just started thinking about players, like a, a lineup. And the lineup, and if you if you listen or watch the show, you're going to know my lineup would be would be the younger guys. I've got an idea of what an opening day lineup for me would be that would make me go. You know what? I'm excited. I make like I can sell this. You you you. If you have X, Y, and Z in that lineup on opening day, I'm going to tell you, let's go. I'm excited. I don't know what the record's going to be. I kind of don't care what the record. I want it to be good, but if it's not, I'm not going to freak out. Let me see this. I'll, I'll live or die with this. I'll have to do that. We're not going to do it today, but I have an idea of some of those names. Want to see how these next seven play out. And obviously recency bias is going to be a part of that, but I know of some names 
I'm going to tell you right now, and Vince Catronio has him today on the pregame show. I'm very intrigued by Connor Capel. I don't know how you guys are. I just, what I have seen so far, I have enjoyed. And looking at Connor Capel, and I'm seeing a guy that I know I want to see more of. He makes a lot of contact. He has shown us he can pull the ball. He has shown us he can hit the ball like like was lit last night. Slapped one into left field. He can hit it out of the ballpark. He doesn't strike out a ton. I just looking at his numbers in the minor leagues. Um, you know here he is. But you're looking at a guy, 246, 257, 263. Makes some contact. 25 years old. Finally getting an opportunity. And I want to see that. Is it real? Is it is it could he be a guy? He's not going to strike out a lot. He's going to make contact. He's got a little pop. He's 25 years old. The light's gone on. Let I, I once again, I want to see the next seven games. Uh, flat swings, so the bats through the zone a little bit longer. I'm interested. It's stuff like that. I could come up with a lineup. Zach Gallop, I, I could come up with this lineup, and I know something, wow, that guy's not ready yet, and this is not, you know what, I'm ready to see Jordan Diaz. So I want to put this lineup together for you guys, and you guys could do the same thing where we say, all right, this is what interests me. I'm just saying. Okay, so I wanted to get this to you. Going through the notes, not going through the bad games because no one cares, Royals, Rangers. White Sox, Twins. Let's start with that. White Sox and the Twins have officially been eliminated from playoff contention. You realize the Twins were tied with the Guardians in the AL Central entering September 5th. They were tied. They've lost 15 of 23, 1-7 versus Cleveland, and it is over. I am shocked. Let's see what we got games going on today. I want to make sure not what's final. Philly, oh, my God. This is going to be perfect for Philly. By the way, the White Sox did win this game. White Sox going into today. Remember the team that was supposed to be maybe the favorite in the American League, at least in the Central. They went into today's action having lost eight in a row. Eight in a row. They'd been scoring 2.6 runs per game during their skid, and their bullpen, which was supposed to be awesome and dominant, a 6.75 ERA. The Twins and the White Sox. Ab. Absolutely fell apart. Absolutely fell apart, eliminated from the postseason. Let me go to the next game. Orioles, Red Sox. Red Sox are a dog with fleas. We won't talk about them. Orioles, remember how excited? Don't trade Lopez. Don't trade Mancini. Stick with this. Stick with this. Don't trade. The Orioles... Still in this thing, but the Orioles have lost 14 of their last 21. The Orioles, which had, we saw it with the A's, one of the best bullpens, 
Last 21 games, that bullpen, 5.51 ERA. They had been 36-17 with a 2.80 in the previous 53 games. No September call-ups, not getting innings from your starter. What happens? Uh, you trade your closer. What happens? Uh, we're out of gas. The guys got them this far, and they're out of gas. And what happens? The Red Sox beat them today. So now they have lost 15 of their last 22. And say goodbye to the Baltimore Orioles as they just they ran out of gas. How about the how about the Red Sox? Red Sox finished ten and nine against the Orioles. Against the rest of the East so far, they're thirteen and thirty-eight. But there's another team. I mentioned the Phillies who lost to the Cubs again today. Look at the Phillies who are actually still in playoff condition, uh, playoff contention. The Phillies, they've lost 10 of 13 games. You got these teams that have been running this marathon, and they're all just uh, boom at the finish line. Phillies have lost 10 of 13 games. Shut out today, two zip. So now the Phillies have scored three runs or fewer in nine of their last 13. I don't know what they did with runners, Ray, today and runners in scoring position, but in that span, they were hitting 206 and they were just shut out. So they're probably hitting around 200 during that span. They have just completely fallen flat on their face. The Cubs, meanwhile, they've actually gotten hot. They've won 12 of 16. But Philly, uh, the June swoon, well, it's actually a September swoon for Philly. Philly, since the start of 2018, are now 26 games under 500. And Chicago swept the season series against Philly for the first time in franchise history. How long have Chicago, how long has Chicago been playing Philly? Long time. Very long, long time. time. Another team. Crash and burn. How about our Tampa Bay Rays, who are leading Cleveland right now, one nothing. The Rays, they have lost 12 of 19. They can't score runs. Now, they clinched a playoff spot with the Orioles losing today, so they are officially in. The Rays have played the most extra innings games in the majors at 21. And they are limping to the finish line. With a win today, will look better, but they've lost 12 of 13. I mean, it's just, I mean, I don't even want to get to the A stuff. I'm leaving that out. You know the one team, Padres, same thing. You know the one team that's not, I found, continues, like, just looking at their notes. I always root for them to lose, but kind of have respect. The Dodgers have won 107 games. We still got all these games left. They've got a shot to be the seventh team to win 110 games in a season. And you think about that. 110 baseball games is dominant. All the talk about the Giants won 107 games. Oh, my God, the Padres and the Padres this and the Padres that. And then the Padres made all those trades. And the Gi- and the Dodgers are just gone, get the kid off of me. 
you guys are trash. That's what the Dodgers have said. I'll be, you know, let's be honest. I'll be real. If I was the Dodgers post-game show, I would be ripping the San Francisco Giants. I would be ripping the San Diego Padres. You guys are trash. Everything you throw at us, nothing. We've got guys going out for Tommy John. We got guys that haven't been here all year long, and we've got 107 wins. How's your Juan Soto trade now? Oh, Jock Peterson's so cool. How cool is Jock Peterson now, San Francisco? Oh, Buster Posey leaves and you guys can't win a game? Don't even bring the D-backs and the Rockies at me. We own this division. We own all of you. And until you guys can even come close to us, we're not even going to allow you to sniff our jocks. Forget to touch our jocks. We're not even going to allow you to sniff. And that's a horrible, I know, thought. I'm not going to allow you to sniff our jocks. That's how... That's how inferior you are to us. That's what I'd be saying if I'm the Dodgers. Their run differential is 322, plus 322. Since the start of 1900, only the 39 Yankees, 27 Yankees, 02 Pirates, 36 Yankees, and 06 Cubs have been better. Are you kidding me? Hey, by the way, remember when Sean Manaya was traded? Oh, my God, Sean Manaya was traded. We're in trouble. Shamania is one and four with an eight two seven ERA over his last eight starts. Shamania, since leaving Oakland, has been awful, awful. I know guys in San Diego that want to offer him back to us. Like we take him back, he stinks. And I hate to say that. I love Shamania. You know, Shamania is against the Dodgers this year. Just. Ray, take a guess at his ERA against the Dodgers this year. Padres traded. They got the left-hander, Sean Manaya. He's going to come at the Dodgers and their left-handed hitters. It's going to be big for Bob Melvin to have Sean Manaya against the Dodgers. How do you think he's done against the Dodgers? I'm going to guess a 5-3 ERA. 5-3? 5.30 ERA. Wow. You're not. Put it this way. You're not even in the ballpark. You're not even in the ballpark. He's got a 14.49 ERA against the Dodgers this year. 14.49. Like, you can't throw him against your rival. He's so bad. Everybody miss Sean Manaya? It's amazing when players leave us how you don't miss them. Dodgers have won 13 of 18 against the Padres, and they've outscored them. Remember the Padres, and they're brown, and they're going after the Dodgers. They're going to take down the Dodgers. Dodgers have outscored the Padres 104 to 45. 104 to 45. That is an ass whooping. They have literally dominated everybody in this division. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot there's one more. Our old friends in the Pacific Northwest where the A's are, are, uh, are heading. Remember the fun differential? And the Seattle Mariners talking about all these teams that are literally gagging to the end. Seattle. I had it. I had it for you. Oh, they got the easiest schedule the rest of the way. Nobody has an easier schedule. They're just going to walk right into the postseason. 
Um, that season-ending stretch of 20 straight games against teams with losing records, um, they've lost 12 of 20. Scott Service canceled a pregame workout, uh, actually all workouts, and told players to show up later than usual prior to Wednesday just to shake things up. Seattle did win yesterday. But how about that? Nobody, nobody come early. You cheap, you know what's who you want your free lunch early. Stay home. You don't need to be here eight hours before first pitch. That'll be something. Uh, we talking to Eno tomorrow? Yes, we'll we'll pre-record of him in the morning, but we will have him on A's cast. Yeah, I can't. A couple of things I want to get into, Eno. Like, how about all these teams, these postseason teams, and teams that just failed to make the postseason, just collapsing towards the end? Is there a correlation in the past with maybe you know because September call-ups gave you reinforcements, but they give you energy too. They give you that, all right, got a bunch of guys in the bullpen, got some younger guys flying around. You got younger guys, you got, you got younger guys flying around the clubhouse, right? They're all jacked up just to be just to be here. So I wonder, I wonder like how much September call-ups, you don't get that parade of guys coming in, how much that has really hurt teams who needed the energy, needed the help, and they just don't get it. So basically, you got to play by the rules the entire season instead of playing by the rules for five months and then changing the rules for a month. Nuh-uh. Got to play with everybody. Got to play with what you got. And we've watched teams and we've watched bullpens absolutely implode. And I think that Otani question is really... I think it's really interesting. What kind of team does he have to be on for it to be successful? Because I don't think he's a normal star. He's in a six-man rotation. He only DHs. Remember, we don't want, I mean, I'm not saying me, front offices really don't want everyday DHs anymore. They want the DH to be a flexible spot to be able to, like what the A's are doing. I got Langoliers. I got Murph. I got, you know, look how many different guys have DH'd. Look at all these teams that have all these different guys that DH. So it gives them flexibility. Guys that need kind of days off, but you still want their bat. Guys that you're bringing back from injury. They can't play in the field. You want that DH spot to be a, a, a holder that I can do a lot of different things with it versus saying, one guy has that spot. How much does that change the way you manage? It does, right? And think about think about splits. Sometimes with your DH, I know I got a guy that's just mm, hammering left-handed pitching. So I want to DHM tonight because that, that to me is like a power move or vice versa. I got a lefty hammering right-handed pitching. I want to DHM tonight. But when you got that same guy, now, Tani's great offensively, but you got that same guy there. You don't have the exact flexibility. Listen, I get it. Taking any kind of, like, look at Otani that's not like, oh, my God, he's the greatest thing I've ever seen. You sound like a jackass. We admitted that earlier. But it's just looking at it. Why not? Can we look at it? Are you really? I mean, a frontline starter to me – Ray, was is a front front line starter you guy when you say this guy really is a front line starter? You know, 
out of COVID, okay, you can still kind of use the the starting the season late, whatever. But if you don't get 30 starts and 200 innings, what are we talking about? Yeah, exactly. I'm on the same thought process as you. And I know 200 innings is not common nowadays, but if at least you can flirt with that territory and give 30 solid starts, then I would consider that a frontline starter. I mean, can I can, can I like like Otani's limping to tonight and tomorrow, so that'll give him 28. I mean, if I can't really, I mean, it, do, if I go into a season and I go, I hope I can get 25. Is that front line? It's an interesting case because he's not uh, he's not the typical pitcher because, of course, he DHs, and we talked about how it's like he's not- he has to be on a super team. Yep. Because he can't give you defense. He can't give you volume as a starter. He's got to be with a great complimentary. Because we can't say, hey, you got to be on a team that spends money. He's on a team that spends money. He's got to be on a really good team with a lot of really good players for it to all play. Because if he has to be the guy, I mean, this is probably, and who said it to us last? It was an angel broadcaster who said it to us last year that enjoy this right now because this is probably the most volume you'll ever get out of him as a two-way player. And Sam Blum today. What's up? Sam Blum today mentioned that this is his prime stuff. It's not going to get greater from here. Oh, we got to get out of here. So yeah. you get me talking. I know. You I get you going, talking. and then we just keep going. Like, energize You're the bunny. You're just talking, as Billy Bean, Brad Pitt said. You're just talking. Uh, Carney Lance for tomorrow? Well, we'll see. I don't think he had Friday available, but we'll sure have Eno and Mark Kotze, and we'll be at the Athletic Club. So also, Amelia Schimmel and Jessica Kleinschmidt will join us. Who? Amelia Schimmel and Jessica Kleinschmidt. Who's that? How are we supposed to get guests if that's what we're promoting? We'll have guests. We'll be at the promote Amelia. What's Amelia going to announce? Is that what she's going to do? Well, she's hosting bingo. Bingo. Yeah, she's hosting bingo. We haven't had her on before yet. I don't think so. It'll be fun. We've had the great Amelia Schimmel on the program. Don't kid yourself. All right, so we'll have Amelia, Jessica. We'll have Eno, and we'll have a cast of thousands tomorrow at the Athletic Club in Oakland. Show starts at four o'clock. Make sure you show up, and don't forget, A's cast live throughout the offseason every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 1 to 4, and then we replay it from 4 to 7. A's baseball coming your way next right here on A's cast in the A's radio network. Good job, right? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.